is All Things Podcast. I'm Brittany. I'm Francesca. So we got a message on Anchor, a voice message from um, a follower of the pod who said that we did not sound as enthusiastic as they thought we would about the Bet and Tina scenes. Yeah, which, and I actually got that feedback from other people who listened. They were like, you didn't really talk about the Tibet scenes at all. And then I had to remind everyone that Britt and I were just miserable about the fact that we were losing them and we we couldn't get past that while we were recording. We really couldn't. And then an hour later, after we recorded that episode, the news broke that Jennifer was stepping back, like the article got released. Yeah, luckily you didn't hear us then. Imagine if that would have dropped while we were recording. It's happened before. There was that. There was a time when a photo of Jennifer and Leisha and Laurel dropped. Yeah. Um, yeah. I w- you would have heard my live sobbing on the air. Yeah, Francesca was really tore up that night. I was. Um, but yeah. So. Before we get into this week's um, episode that aired, we're going to go back through and we're going to talk about the Tibet scenes. I do have some notes because I did kind of go through and was like, yeah, you know, like I really wasn't my normal um, bed apologist self. Um, And I I have some notes. Uh, I also wrote this like in my work notebooks, which is funny. But anyway, Uh, so let's get started. the first scene, oh, we're scrolling. So obviously we start where we left off um, from the ending. Um, Angie is finding them, Bet and Tina, in the living room making out. Yeah. And it's just so funny because the way they react <laughs> is so dramatic. <laughs> you watch a movie. Bet is like covering herself up as if she was naked. Right. <laughs> and Tina, which I, oh, first of all, Tina looks absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. It's like, it's like hard to focus with how beautiful she looks in this moment. Um, my favorite part is her putting her hands on her hips and she's just like, oh shit. Yep. My favorite part is when right after Angie walks out and she says to but she's seen worse what has she seen what do you mean what has she seen elaborate on that expand please we want to know more about that seen worse what what did Angie walk in on them before yeah and does she have a memory of it how little was she (laughs) I wish I need to take a screenshot of what is currently on my screen right now because it is so funny (laughs) what i just the the image that is on my screen right now wait can i send it to you real quick so you can see no don't go away hold on now i gotta find it on my desktop it's really funny and you'll laugh uh no one else will be able to see this obviously because this is not video but how funny is the screenshot that i just took of the scene (laughs) (laughs) tina's face is guilty um, so if we keep going, they literally have no idea why Angie was there. Bet is like, should I go after? And Tina's like, and Tina's just thinking in her head, mm, no, no, mm-mm. Tina's ready. Yeah, Tina was like, I don't care if she lost a leg. I don't care if she got her heart broken like she did. It, it, right now, that doesn't matter. Yeah, and then they start talking about, is this a mistake or is it is this a mistake? And like what do we tell her and tina is basically the first one that says like i don't think it's a mistake like we don't like this like this feels real mm-hmm. and then that's like it does feel real so then we skedaddle into the sex scene let me fast forward and i here. think i mentioned this last episode that you know, there was a lot of hype around the fact that we were going to see Beth's bedroom and we didn't really get to see very much of Beth's bedroom. We didn't get to see much of Beth's bedroom. And I will get to it as we, when we come up to it, but them walking into the bedroom confused me. Did they go up the stairs? I wanted to see them go up the stairs. All of a sudden we're in a hallway, then we're in a room. 
I needed the full, I needed the full thing. I needed a full visual. I'm a visual learner. Sure. So here we go. We have the kiss that, you know, puts our hand behind Tina's head. Classic. They're just going at it. Oh, then that goes for the neck, the hand around Tina's throat, which the fandom head cannons that Tina likes to be choked. <laughs> and then all of a sudden we have Bet dragging her to the back. It's kind of that. Now that I'm watching it again, it's a pretty aggressive pull. Hurry up before you get engaged again, Tina. <laughs> yeah. Before you run off with someone else, please, who's oh, decent. And then all of a sudden, Bet gives her like that stare, like in the hallway. And then all of a sudden we're in the bedroom. I'm like, what? That was, that was quick. It was very fast. Very good song choice by Showtime. We got to give it up to them. They did pick a yeah. great song for the scene. And then we have Tina undressing Bet, and it's very, and they got a little nose. And then, and then Tina goes in to kiss the shoulders and Bet is like beside herself. Mm-hmm. And then she pulls off her top and Bet is acting very shy. She's acting vulnerable. Very, yes, very vulnerable, very shy, very nervous. She grabs her wrists. She says that, you know, it's been a long time, that she's different. Babes, it's been like three years. Like, <laughs> it's not been that long. She makes me like it's been a decade. I know she acts as if like, but and in, in some way though, it, I mean, it was Jennifer saying it's been a long time. Like it has been Yeah. like for them as actors, it's been a long time, but mm-hmm. for the characters, it's only been like three years, unless they weren't having sex. Towards, you know? <laughs> but then Tina reassures her with a very sweet, you are so, so, so beautiful. Yeah. And that just gives Bet the, the energy she needs to top her. Yeah. That just gives her the, the That's ammunition. That's all she needed to hear. That's all she needed to hear to be to get, get Tina on, on the bed. Yep. There was criticism around how this scene was shot. There is a lot of criticism. And it, it, I think the criticism is, is valid. Yeah. It was shot very close up, which in, in one aspect, you do have to take into account that maybe the, the Jennifer and Merle being comfortable. We yeah. know Jennifer gave us a lot of great sex scenes in season two, but this is Laurel's first sex scene like since the original L word. So yeah. we don't know what her and the intimacy coordinator decided on and stuff like that. So I will give it a break for that, but it does seem like there's a lot more to the scene that we did not see that was cut. Yeah. Um, Cause obviously they are basically fully clothed, which was probably an agreement that they had. But when it comes to the cutting of the clips like we're like half action yeah and it cuts to the next thing and it's like whoa 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 we didn't see what we needed to see yet a lot of disappointment that we didn't get to see laurel's tits yes and i you know what i think that's more of a laurel decision yeah absolutely i don't know if i would be just eager to throw my top off after all these years either exactly but she did give us good good moans she she gave us an orgasm yeah, she delivered. She delivered that. And then she flips Bet over and Bet once again is just besides herself. This, so a lot of the parts in this scene reminded me of 209, just like their faces and how their hands were and stuff like that. It was like a good mix of like the original 209 and Honey Honey. Yeah. And some of the, you said the original, the, the first one, the yeah. first sex scene, yeah, I agree. There's some of that in there too. Yeah, it was a good mix of like stuff that we're familiar with. And I honestly think they just did it. I don't think they watched anything to try to compare. I think there's some parts in this show that are maybe things that the writers and them like looked back on to do like the parallels. But I think when it comes to like the sex scenes and stuff, like that was definitely all just them being them. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna fast forward a bit because I the next scene I think is them at brunch. So we're just flying through here. Um, but overall this episode, like they were in most of this episode, which was good. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we're at Dana's now and Alice and Shane are talking about if they're coming together. Um, Tina texted the 
group did didn't text the group chat or did text the group she did, did not. she didn't put she, it up. and then they walk in and i'm angry at myself for not noticing for not picking up on this while i was watching the green with the beige well the pink and the white and knowing that this was the fucking end because this this was this was this should have sealed the deal for me when they did the parallel to the you know the pilot and then to uh six to the last 608 so she just fucking knew so let's unpack that a little bit okay yeah mm-hmm. we we had there was speculation that we weren't going to see tina and bet outside of four episodes this season we're not we didn't want to believe it that's for sure but then we got confirmation of, of it that bet or jennifer would be taking a step back and now she's ninth on the cast list and obviously laurel is not going to be there jennifer is not there it's just they're kind of just a package deal um and then there's also this like, speculation too about jennifer's leaving the show because she didn't like marja Sefi's leaving the show because she didn't like jennifer blah 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 you know all this bullshit and so i wonder if the only way that jennifer was going to be able to secure Tibet being together in the end was if she did take a step back. If that I feel was like the- that's kind of what the rumors are leading to is that if Jennifer didn't, Jennifer was basically like, give me this and then I'll and then I'll walk away. Yeah. And if she did, man. She made a sacrifice for us. She sure did. And we could sit here and complain that we went too quick and this, that, the other thing, but at least we got, I mean, I'm the last person to say at least we did this, or at least we got that because it sucks because Marja should, there shouldn't have, we don't know, but there shouldn't have been, an, if there was an ultimatum made, that sucks because you're just jeopardizing the show and like the fan, like the, the fan experience and, and like, I, I just feel bad for Jennifer if it really went the way that we've all kind of assumed it went because like she had to walk away from something that she built. Yeah. Something that she cares a lot about, something that she's dedicated her whole life to. Yeah. Even when it wasn't on the air, she still, you know, dedicated so much of her time and efforts to the community. Well, and it's so obvious. I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't even watch the entire advocate um, interview that Laurel did. I only watched about the first half of it. I need to go back and sit down and watch the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Laurel's got hard eyes for Jennifer. Jen. Yeah. Jen. She would have only done it for her. There was no Absolutely. other circumstance where she was coming back without no. Jennifer's enthusiasm behind it. So yeah. and it it sucks when like I I think it, it sucks when a show is so dependent on one person, but Jennifer is like the matriarch of the show. Like she is the person tying it all together. Yeah. Bet, yeah. bet as a person, bet, bet could literally be in the episode for one scene and I think we would still be happy because she's still there. Right. Well, and I, I also think that um, the, the, there was a lot of um, mixed, mostly negative review, and we'll get into this about the episode, episode three of this season, but um, it was like they finally tried harder to connect the storylines Mm-hmm. in a way they hadn't done before and I feel like if they would have done that with the OGs the first two seasons would have been a lot more successful overall I think the fans would have been happier even if we couldn't get Tibet back together right away I feel like there would have been an appreciation because they were doing the work to make it make sense that that oh this is a reboot of the original it's a new take on what they're doing but there's still some familiarity there yeah, it took them way too long to get the new cast in a rhythm of having that togetherness and then tying them into the OGs. Like it was. And it's like whiplash, right? Like, yeah. One minute Danny and Finley hate each other, the next minute Danny's calling for a truce. One minute Danny and Gigi are like amazing, great, so in love. And then we cut to they're barely hanging on by thread. I mean, it's just. It's, it's so bizarre. it's so rushed it is and it's really just doing whatever it can get 
Marja to her narrative that she so badly wants. Yeah. And, and what are these stories that they're wanting to push? I don't, I don't know. As, as a queer person who, I mean, I am a white cis queer person, but it's like, what, what, what stories are, are we not getting? I think we just need a basic story of people being happy, of gay people just being happy. Mm-hmm. I don't think we need a, we don't need a, we, we don't need to reinvent the wheel here. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone's like, I need this most crazy combination of something with like, I think we just want to see gay people happy. Yeah. Well, like, it's I, drama too, right? Because that's what the show is. Yeah. But it doesn't have to be this big, like over, just like you're, sh- you're trying so hard that it's, it shows, right? Yeah. There's not just like a lot of, um, I don't know. I felt like there was a flow with the original cast. Yeah. That's just missing. Yeah. It's not to say that I think that a lot of the new casts are good actors and actresses. I really do. I don't think it's their fault. I think it has a lot to do with the writing. Yeah. They've, they've not been given a lot to deal, like to work with. Yeah. To me, it almost feels like it was always kind of like they were pitted against each other which they came out in interviews like around season one and I know Kate was like I remember Kate specifically saying in an interview oh it's not the OGs pitted against the new people but personally I feel like people running the show were pitting them against each other because she was trying to say and this is how I feel about it is like once we could get the OGs out then then I could finally have my show right. or how can I make the OGs fall in line to what I want right and I think it's easy to get Alice and Shane in that way. Mm-hmm. I don't think Jennifer was buying it for Bet. Sure. But I mean, we get into it more when we talk about the episode, but I think also like a crazy storyline from last season was making that pan, which I mean, there is not any pan representation, but to throw it on a random character. Who's not even a regular exactly like that's where my problem lies it's like you want to tell these stories and you want to have representation but you're throwing that representation on the wrong characters sure but we'll get into that when we talk about episode three because i got a lot more to say well and the ratings speak for themselves right so on imdb 8.8 for episode one 9.0 for episode two which is like unheard of for the old (laughs) yeah 6.2 for episode three that's a drop yeah anyways proceed um so we're at brunch bet and tina walk in holding hands you know we didn't get our morning after scene but we we know we know what happened um if anyone wanted to know bet's wearing a gucci suit mm-hmm. what is happening why isn't it playing there we go they just tina looks whatever they did to laurel for this scene it makes her look the most tina ever Yes. This is this is what Tina was this is what 2022 Tina looks like. I don't know what they were giving us in season two. It was the hair was wrong. The hair was wrong. It wasn't vibing. It was not a vibe. I could even say 20, I could even say season Gen Q season one Tina, even though her hair was pink, that was still giving me more OG Tina vibes than whatever was happening in season two. Yes. I also, and this is like a personal thing. It's not that I think like she looks awful in the clothes. I think she looks very good in the clothes. I think Tina's dressed too fancy though in the Gen Q. I think she works better in like the pants and like the leather pants and like oh, yeah. t- like skinny jeans and like a blazer and stuff. I like the skirt, the random skirts are like, I don't know. I don't, I don't that just is never Tina to me, but like I'm also not a Tina expert, but that's just me. Yeah. Um, really. <laughs> Really trying to redeem themselves from last season. Yeah, but she just looks so good here. Oh yeah, my god, she looks so good this whole episode. She did, and Jen. Oh my god, Bet's hair is pulled the half up, half down. Drives me crazy. Yeah, they're so then, they're so like two teenagers in love in that scene. I know Bet has Tina's hands, and she's playing with her fingers, and it's like really sexy and like yeah. This scene. I'll be honest, the scene didn't do what it should have done for me. I like, and I like OG scenes yeah. the best. 
but the writing of the scene was so poor for me it was so poor and I'm not saying that anyone did a bad job acting in it the writing itself was just so poor to me it was almost like un it wasn't like the natural flow of a conversation I and I find I have that issue with a lot of junk I don't feel like that the conversations are flow naturally there was when season one of junk started there was a few times where that Alice and Shane had conversation like I specifically remember the one when the scene when um Shane starts talking in an accent when she's making the bet order for mayor calls mm-hmm. and they have that little exchange in the office and I felt like that was super authentic like that yeah. just flowed it showed like their characters in true form but I didn't get that sense again it's like this pushing this this pushing way too hard um Whereas it never felt like that in the original series. I'm not saying the original series got everything right because they didn't, but it never felt like they were trying to push these characters into being someone that they're not. I always felt like in the original, I was watching people have lives. And in this, I'm watching actors act out characters. Yes. Because it does not feel natural. That's exactly Um, But here we are, we're at the Marcus... um, that's that's show for Marcus's work. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't follow the artist who they that the L word ha- like basically uses their artwork, um, I forgot their name, but I follow them on Instagram and I could find it and I will post about it on um, on the all things to on the all things Twitter. Yeah. Um, they have an Instagram and they're super nice. Um, I've like commented on their stuff before, especially after this episode aired, they were like promoting the fact that they were, that their work was on the show and they're super talented and they're definitely worth a follow on Instagram. Cool. So we're at the gallery and Bet is looking scrumptious as always. Yeah. Jennifer is just such a gorgeous woman. Like it's insane and she knows it and she knows how beautiful she is and I love that she knows how beautiful she is but yet she's still so sweet and small and woodsy yeah because I think like I I almost feel like Jennifer's beautiful in general and then when she's bet it's like a different type of beautiful and like she could play and like she could play the character and be like who she isn't in real life and I think that's really wonderful for her she gets to play like a different type of sexy woman (laughs) and also shout out to Jordan um Hull, who looks absolutely amazing in this episode. Mm-hmm. So I love her suit. Yes, I think like her casting as Bet and Tina's daughter was just the best. Jennifer did good on that one. Yeah, she did. Because Jennifer is the backbone of the show. Yeah, let's not forget. Let's not forget. <laughs> um. So here we go. Fast forwarding a little bit. Alice is with the sex cult girl. Yada yada yada. Ding ding ding. Oh, we have to go through this again. Oh, here we go. And then we come up to the part where Bet walks up to Tina and they reenact the time that they met for the first time. Mm-hmm. It's really sweet. Mm-hmm. I think we did talk about this quite a bit last week, but is uh, there was mixed reviews actually about this. I think some people found it cheesy. Some people found it really sweet. I just like I, the I idea think, that Laurel and Jennifer had to rewatch the original scene to to film this because I, yeah. I they both have admitted that they don't really watch the show. No. So, and I still think to this day Laurel has not watched the season six finale. No. So, remember when I used to be hell bent about her saying Elphiba? <laughs> That's how we met. That's how we met. Literally tweeted about it, and I said, "No way." that 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 is the origin of Britney's friendship is Elphiba like I it was so bad it was so it was so misspoken that I didn't even realize that she was referencing Wicked the fact that that when that episode came out Wicked was at its prime yeah (laughs) that's the problem like that episode when that episode aired like Wicked was literally at its prime of being the best like the most talked about musical (laughs) but anyway well and it all it's funny because it also shows how much laurel has just grown as an individual because these days she's like in barcelona she's in london she's doing this she's doing that like she would never the present day never fuck up a line like that <laughs> no <laughs> um 
I love them in the scene with the um ear when they're recreating it just because they're just looking like little teenagers in love like they're just so in love with each other they are and they're so soft they really are and uh, that is so I don't know and- to me it's not unbelievable that Bet cannot just not be angry like we've saw it before like we know Bet can't cannot can also like not just be a terror of a person like it's possible we've seen it right so I think some people are like oh it's so out of character okay maybe do I think that she did a little too much work I think they really pushed the envelope with her like I went back I don't think they had to say that she went back to the silent retreat personally right. but right. <laughs> I think she could have did the work on her home but oh, when, when she when they go let's go get our girl yeah I love that literally so much and they they still treat angie in some ways because that's their baby right like mm-hmm. like you know it's so delicate about like it's we're trying again this isn't a fling and and she's like no shit like <laughs> you know like you don't like i'm i'm both of you like you think i don't know what's going on here <laughs> she's both of them but also so much of kit and i don't know yes. if that was like done on purpose like i wonder if that was like I don't think it was. I don't think anyone. Um, I don't think anyone at the L word Gen Q is smart enough to tell to tell Jordan uh, take take stuff from from uh, Kit. Like, be more like Kit. Yeah, no, she is totally. Um, and then we have the speech where Bet is talking, and she's basically talking to Tina, and it's just like really sweet. It rep- you know, it goes back to like a parallel with you know the pilot when she's up there talking and tina's looking at her like sometimes that's the whole world yeah yeah and Ian Chiba makes that line to her after the speech like maybe i should have told you that more that you should be proud of yourself yeah and i think that was like a really um i think that's really important i i i feel like a lot of the show how do i say this i feel like a lot of times a lot of things can be blamed on bet Mm-hmm. because but bet deserves it like bet does deserve the things get blamed on her but sometimes like we don't talk about like what could tina have done oh instead of just being upset about bet maybe she could have like she could have looked at how bet you know functions as a human and tried a different way of approaching her yeah because we all know like tina runs away tina gets overwhelmed well and they both do in a way right like they yeah. both just kind of turn outward they don't run towards each other and so they'll they will run to the furthest degree that they can to avoid what they know will be the inevitable when they're not doing well if they don't push it out which comes to this part where they're you know they're saying goodbye and their biggest issue is communication bet and and that that that's what the weird thing is like bet has done the work so to her, when she says stay in LA, she's not meaning it as give up everything and stay in LA. But since Tina, I don't think Tina took the same amount of time that Bet did because Bet had to do a lot of soul searching where Tina had to do a little less soul searching. Mm-hmm. So she doesn't realize that, Bet, that Bet's coming from a different way of saying like, stay. She's more like saying like, stay the weekend. Like don't leave right, right. now, stay yes. the night, leave tomorrow morning type of thing. And then Tina again gets very worked up, very excited about things um let me let me me refer to my notes here (laughs) tina ran away again because she wasn't really listening to bet she was hearing what she thought she was hearing and she wasn't actually digesting what bet was saying and how bet was saying it tina is very hyper vigilant about Bet's statements to her and she 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 does she's beyond the point of I think even being able to give Beth the benefit of the doubt, I think she's just expecting that Beth's going to say something stupid. So that's her own shit that she's kind of got to unlearn. Yeah, and even if Beth does say something out of pocket, instead of blowing up about it, be yeah. like, wait, how did you mean? Like, take a yeah. breath, talk about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then we have Tina leaving. Beth thinks that she's fucked it all up again. Beth was just trying to be like sexy. She was like, please stay. And yeah. Tina was like, uh, fuck you. She wouldn't yeah, even right. kiss. She wouldn't. Wait, they didn't even kiss. Bet tried kissing her and Tina yeah. wouldn't even kiss her. <gasps> no wonder. I didn't even notice it. They didn't even get a goodbye kiss. <gasps> Shit changes quick with them. 
shit changes so quick and the my, I also love that like oh sorry Jennifer looks so skinny in this scene Jesus Christ um um I like that Alice and Shane are like off in the corner like what the fuck happened now <laughs> I get her goodbye because Tina literally just walks out like Tina's going to Toronto Tina is leaving terminal a one whatever the hell she's going to and she did not kiss her girlfriend her her wife or whatever the fuck they call each other now taking things slower that that yeah in about five minutes they're going to be jetting off to toronto together but it's got no passport no luggage no nothing oh god it's so good okay so here we go so now that's like i have a great idea we're gonna run after her angie get the car angie i need to go get this also like i need to go win your mom back again it's not my problem with coming into their reunion was that i knew somehow it was going to be twisted into the way that bet had to win tina back when tina was the one who walked away the last time yeah yeah it's a it's and i know a lot of a lot of us have had that conversation like what is tina gonna do for bet because she keeps walking away from bet i'm not saying that a lot of the times it wasn't warranted but she left bet this time so bet is still under the like we all felt bet was going to be scarred by the fact that tina keeps leaving her right so what is tina going to do to prove to bet that she's not just going to keep walking away well in this instance she just walks away again yeah and Bet has to chase after her which so we are here we're in the car Tina doesn't have any luggage. Was Tina's luggage at coat check? That that was the only thing I could think of was that Bet drove her there or Angie drove her there and her luggage was in coat check. No, okay, we don't know. Not so sure. Angie kisses the sky who we find out to be her professor in the next episode. Dun, 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 dun. And they're zooming through Los Angeles. Gigi gets hit by a car and then Bet gives the weirdest goodbyes to her two best friends of 20-something years. Says nothing to Tess, who's also in that backseat. Listen, Tess was just there for the ride. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, and then she runs to the car and she gives a beautiful speech when she take out the song, which I was literally singing the other day. I was like, suddenly I see. And I was like, oh, get it out of my, no. But yeah, if you listen to the non to the non-music version, the, the speech is very pretty and very sweet. I I really did enjoy that speech. And I liked it because okay, the one line which bothers me as someone who makes edits, because Beth Beth Bet is literally like this, this forever. Like she's saying it because she's out of breath and she can't get the words out. But for me, I wish it was a little bit more like um spoken, like I want this forever. <laughs> like I yeah. wish it was a little bit different, but she's saying it because she's out of breath. So I can't fault her for that. Yeah. And then she jumps into the car and that wasn't Bet kissing Tina. That was Jennifer kissing Laurel. hundred percent. Laurel didn't know what hit her. Uh, I hope that, I hope the Uber driver wasn't, uh, wasn't homophobic. Right. Like, what is he doing? What are they doing up in the front? Chilling while Bet's fucking banging on doors. <laughs> um, that was us talking about bet and tina okay we're back for the second half of this episode where francesca just admitted she doesn't remember much about the episode and that's okay because i didn't remember or i didn't know anything about the other scenes outside of the tibet scenes for episode two so let's get started on the first episode ever of the l word that did not include jennifer beals and the first episode ever that started with a q so right there already Yep. We're down so, point. One of the things that I want to say off the bat is that Elwood Generation Q dropped the ball in a lot of ways with other characters outside of Tibet. One of the biggest ways I think that they did is that they're not they're not giving Alice the credit that she deserves as an OG, as being one of the best actresses on the sh- on this in the series, right? Like even as I'm like watching back and taking notes of the scenes, I just feel like there was so much more potential of what they could have done for Alice in this reboot, and they didn't. Mm-hmm. It just, it's not hidden. I personally, as 
I liked her in that. Like, if you yes. really wanted to give her a, a new forever person, Nat was perfect. Yeah. Nat was quirky, fun. Yeah. I don't mind that her and Gigi got back together because they sank Alice and Nat down the drain. But, like, also, I love Stephanie as an actress. And I think she added so much to the show. And, frankly, I felt like she could have had a bigger role. Right. 100%. I think she was, I think she blended in with the OGs so well. Agreed. Her and Seppi were two of the best additions to the show in my, in my opinion, because they meshed so well, I feel like with the culture and like the, the vibe of what the L word is. Yeah. So we'll do it a little different this time. I'm going to go by story rather than going by the order of the show. Okay. So starting with, um, Gigi and Danny and Nat. So we pick up the beginning of the episode with Gigi in the uh, ambulance and Nat is the first one there because Nat is her emergency contact, which later Danny has a big issue with. Um, And uh, there's this moment where Nat is standing by Gigi and a paramedic bumps her and she's right in Gigi's face and they end up kissing. Then Danny shows up checks in on how Nat or I'm sorry on how Gigi's doing and then Danny and Nat have this brief exchange where Nat says like we really need to change her emergency contact it should be you yeah I I don't know how I feel about the emergency contact I've never been in a relationship before but I'm just like is it really that serious like it is the mother of her children they've known each other since they were 18 like they're not just they're not strangers to each other anymore like they're still family yeah, I agree. I don't, I don't think it's the weirdest thing in the world that Nat is Gigi's emergency contact. Like, like no. move on. Like, mm. No. I don't know. I have random people as my emergency contact. I have whoever's going to get there first. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think it was out of, out of line that she was her emergency contact. Um, then we get to Gigi is back at home and Danny is gonna is leaving for the day because she is doing work on Alice's 100th episode show and um there's a knock at the door and it's Nat so Nat yeah. came over to help Gigi get dressed and Gigi says she can't do it alone she didn't want uh, Danny to be late so the, the tension's building yeah it's rising it, fast it's very quick we thought we thought Tibet getting back together was quick a gene genie uh, dying was quick yeah uh, very quick and it's just funny because like we knew that they were going to break up we didn't know the extent of what that meant them breaking up yeah we, we also lived in a delusion this entire episode knowing they're going to break up knowing Gigi and Nat are most likely going to get back together and us thinking that <laughs> they're going to be together in the rest of the season a lot of curveballs Lots of curveballs. Where's Marsha? Where's the show going? Love to know. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Keep going. So lots of tension. Tension is rising. Yeah. There are like little parts of the episode where Danny is mingling with Sophie. And um, we'll talk about that a little bit more at the end. There's a scene with Danny and Sophie where they're talking when they're on set or behind backstage or whatever, but specifically focusing on Danny, Nat, and Gigi right now. Um Gigi and Nat come to the show together. They're sitting on the couch together and they have this kind of strange interaction with Danny. Um, also, um, Gigi asked Nat in the last scene if they should talk about the kiss. And Nat kind of sidesteps and says, no. Um, Gigi's staying consistent though, because she's always ready to talk about her feelings. Always. 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 We love a self aware queen. <laughs> um, so, Nat has these oranges for Alice and she gives them to Danny and Danny is like really kind of thrown off about why she would do that and at that point Nat had asked her some champagne Danny handed her an entire bottle of champagne which I mean I wouldn't complain about that but Nat takes it upon herself to uh um just use her reusable straw that's in her purse and so me I as 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 a gay person Nat is my representation. <laughs> That's who I truly feel represented by is Nat. Yeah. So how do I, I where's my storyline now? <laughs> While they're talking, they talk about 
Gigi admits that she saw when when she got hit when she was in the car she said you know you say that your life flashes before your eyes and she saw Nat she tells Nat she saw Nat and the kids that's what she saw and they're kind of trying to unpack that and, and figure out does it mean something does it not and um Danny sees them you know having this conversation she doesn't hear them but she sees them and you know she is immediately getting insecure and is suspicious that something is going on and then she ends up confronting Gigi and all hell breaks loose all hell breaks loose it just it goes from Gigi saying I need space essentially and Danny's like okay I'm done yeah for your relationship that Danny wanted to work so badly on she was like I'm good bye yeah yeah so Nat and Gigi are in the parking lot they're going to leave together Danny comes out with the oranges throws them at the car yeah because she's pissed meanwhile Danny then segues off with Sophie at the end of the episode and leaves with her we'll get back to that bone um yeah and then we what we've come to realize is that was Seppi's last scene that was that was Gigi's last moments on the show apparently so Jennifer steps away. When Jennifer steps away, she takes Laurel with her. So that's two. Um, so now the next favorite character slash actress on the show is Seppi, Gigi. She's gone. If she's gone and she's off with Nat, now Stephanie, Nat is gone. So now we are down. So four of the favorites, four favorites, the four top fa- favorites of the show are out. Yep. This is Alice's 100th show. So um this a lot of what we see is Alice like backstage or on set kind of preparing for it and she's flirting with this other gal who's like doing the pop-up coffee stand and backstage and um they're having like their cute little moments and this woman ends up there's a woman who was supposed to be a contestant on this dating show with Alice but she's drunk off of her ass so this I don't even know her name um ends up having to step in Oh, uh, what's her name? Um, uh, all I know is that shout out to Diane, but she sent me a clip to watch the other day on YouTube and it was this actress. And I said, I was like, Alice's new love interest? Yeah, she was on Big Daddy. Yeah, she sent me a, a clip from the movie Chasing Amy. So. Oh, nice. Very nice. Yes. So that's there's this moment where Shane gives Alice a gift she gives her the original chart is framed that's a cute moment that did actually make me really that made me emotional I was looking for the Candace line actually the whole time but that's just me (laughs) well and it's also sweet how they even though there's no bat there's no Tina in this episode they do mention them quite a bit there was if I'm correct Caitlin did say about four times I think Caitlin was keeping track yeah it sounds about right I also want to point out real quick before we keep going is that normally Thursdays on the TL, like, okay, so I'm on the East Coast of America. So Thursdays on the timeline leading up to midnight East Coast time, things are hopping. People are excited. We were like, we were excited. We were revved up. This week it was dead. No one was online. No one could bothered to even turn on their televisions and it felt like four of us were watching and everyone else was just waiting for us to say how many times they mentioned Bettina. <laughs> yeah pretty much it was sad it was a sad I, I truly wonder what the ratings were like we don't get to see streaming ratings but I would love to see how the numbers dropped from how many people people were canceling their subscriptions I mean hashtag cancel showtime Maybe the hags were onto something. No, I actually really love Showtime and their other shows. So I'm going to keep my subscription. <laughs> so that's really the big thing with Alice's episode is it's her 100th episode. She does the dating um, game and ends Margaret, up- Margaret Cho was on. That was Margaret a good- was on, yeah. In any other circumstance, I'd be excited about her as a guest star because she's great. But if you're sad about the whole episode, you can't really enjoy the, the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So ultimately, Coffee Girl ends up being a contestant. She wins. That's the one Alice picks. Alice at the end does make a very kind of cute remark to her. Like, I know what it's like to date someone famous. 
And so I think by the end we get a, an agreement that they're going to go out. Wait, you're oh, never mind, never mind. I'm good. I'm good. Shane and Finley have a really unnecessary scene at the beginning of the episode. Some people did ask me how we were going to talk about this, and I said we'll probably skip it. I watched it once. I'll never watch it again. Nothing about that was turned me on. Nothing about that was anything for me. Did nothing for me at all. One thing I will say is that Kate Menig has arms that are out of this world. She's like, a kickboxer. She's so fit. But outside of that, nothing else to say. Was, no, that was uncomfortable. I did not need to see that. I think I looked away, to be honest with you. We're, we're seeing the deterioration of Shane and Tess right in front of our eyeballs. Yeah. Shane wants to do this demo work kind of gets Finley to do it with her. Tess shows up. She says this is according to the plan. They end up hitting a water line. There's a big leak. They have to call a plumber. Shane is, you know, says to Tess, I'll just stay out of your way. You know, Tess was shitty in the way she talked to her. She didn't need to talk to her like that. No. Um, and then this whole part of the episode where it's set up that Finley stays while Tess um, is supposed to make it to Alice's 100th episode, but she doesn't. Um, and meets up with Carrie because Carrie, <laughs> Carrie's sponsor is Tess. And Tess Tina was supposed to with Carrie on that day. Tina drove Carrie to drink. Yeah, because she got back with her ex. What an awful... I feel bad. That's a terrible storyline. I, I think so too. Fun. It's because, funny. Like, why? Because Carrie left Tina because she didn't want to have to compete with Bet. She thought that they were in love still. She left her, blah, blah, blah. Didn't talk to her. And then a year later, I don't know. They get back to, yeah, it's like... Yeah. Again, we love Rosie, but why is she here? Yep. She comes to have a conversation with Finley, who's contemplating going back to school. A plumber shows up. We don't need any more plumbers in that word. I'm just saying, even though she was a carpenter, but I call her the plumber. I did chuckle when I was like, God, another, here's the plumber. Cause I tweeted, I was like, oh, the plumber. And I was like, really? Yeah. So Carrie and the plumber have this moment where the plumber's coming out of the bathroom. Carrie's coming into the bathroom. She hits her nose. Carrie's nose is bleeding everywhere. They have to use tampons to stop it. She's working up the courage to ask this woman out. She ends up asking her out, um, which we now know is the scene that Marjorie was referencing it with bullying. It's it's got to be Carrie and the plumber because that's yeah. the episode she said she was so proud of or whatever. And because we find out Carrie didn't really ask her on a date, but she joined her bowling team. Yes. Yep. And so. Finley does apply to school. I know. I one thing I will say is as much as it's like annoying that now we're adding two new characters that we don't need because we just had we have four characters that aren't even on the show anymore. Yeah. Uh, that we actually enjoy watching. Yeah. Um, Carrie and this woman have fantastic chemistry. They do. They do. Uh, Rosie's not a bad actress, first of all. Like, I, will, I would never say Rosie's a bad actress. Rosie can kill a scene. Yeah. That was the best. Uh, that was, it was one of my, that was one of the better scenes to watch. And I won't mind watching them if that's what I'm stuck watching for the next sure. five weeks. So. Um. So Tess is trying to make her way to the to out the Alice's hundredth episode, but she um, has this very sweet moment with her mom, where her mom is hears a song from her past, and um, her mom has MS and um, dementia, and she kind of gets brought back into. And also, just in, just so people know, because I don't know how much people really know about dementia, but I worked with dementia for many years in my career, and. Music is one of the best ways to connect with someone who has dementia, um, especially what we consider to be like the music of our life, which is usually when we're in like our early teen to young adult age. So um, I like that. I like that, that they included that. I thought that was a like a sweet moment for them. Yeah, that was nice. Um, Shane and Ivy. Do we? Uh, I, I'm just gonna. This is all I'm saying. Kate specifically said she was done with the cheating storylines. Yeah. So, that's all I'm gonna say. 
and she cheats again. I don't even care about what led up to it. It is what it is. And it sucks. Um, but what I will say is that Sophie witnessed it. Witness, didn't witness him having sex, but witnessed what was going on. She caught on to the fact that they kind of dipped off alone together and then saw. Cheaters know a cheater, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, Angie doesn't have a big part in this scene or in this episode, but she does find out that the boy she kissed in the last episode is her professor. And they both like kind of acknowledge it, but then like they're like, it's cool. What's whatever? Life goes on. I swear, I'm saying it now. If the final episode wedding is somehow Angie marrying her professor, <laughs> Lord have mercy, am I not walking? I'm walking across the George Washington Bridge <laughs> and marching myself to the Viacott Paramount building now it's the Paramount building and as I walk across this bridge and as I walk to to Times Square I will be gathering an angry mob of lesbians as I walk through the valley of the shadow of death yes (laughs) (laughs) um yeah that's pretty much the episode aside from the fact that Tess does show up at the end um that's all that happens that's it those are all the storylines because I kind of did them you know bunch of Micah and Maribel have nothing. Micah walks by because he's like going to the gym or something. Yeah. And they have, we have a group scene at the end because Danny is invited over to Sophie's even Finley was trying to make like a romantic celebratory dinner for them. Um, so the ending with the scene of them around the table, to me, some in like TV sense, like if you've watched other shows where they have scenes like that, to me just indicated the end of a chapter and the beginning of a new one so to me it felt very final that the l word that we know and love is over and mm-hmm. that there is a new l word whether we like yeah. it or not. yeah I think and that was and that was the moment and i think you said it well that um if we weren't such big bet and tina fans if we weren't so distraught that like we're losing them we almost would be pulled into want like and, and i am i'm still gonna watch the show yeah not boycotting it but there are some there's some appeal there like i didn't think that the episode was as horrible as some people said it was but it wasn't the greatest yeah so yeah it wasn't the worst episode um i still think the original season three takes the cake as being the worst season ever like that's like unredeemable in some ways but yeah. this um it wasn't that bad like I said and if Bet and Tina were in the episode it would have been fine I would have been like oh okay everyone else has shit going on yeah I think we're just still very devastated like we really had to get through that first episode of them not being there agreed so yeah. those are our thoughts that's how we feel yep hey Siri play uh healing by Fletcher I've been just to unlock your iPhone first. I'll need to access your All right. All right, on that note, let's go. It's starting to play the song. I It's a great way to end. It is. Maybe I'll put it in. Yeah. I'll just play it. Alright. This has been the All Things Podcast. I'm Brittany. I'm Francesca. And we'll see you next week.